This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for July 21st, 2013. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Messages by Father Dick Palmer. I'm sure most of you are aware of the fact that in the readings every Sunday, that there's a theme or a connection between all of them as to what I think the Lord wants to say to us. In this, my last week, it was kindness, and this week, it's I've titled my message to you, Righteous in God's Eyes. And the psalmist gives us a clear picture of the righteous person, the person who is prepared for kingdom life, the person whose character is appropriate for eternity, the person who can live in the sight of God, the God who will not look upon sin. According to the psalmist, this person has a pure heart, free of malice, and this purity is shown by his actions and by his speech. Remember last week we were talking about kindness and whether our salvation has reached to our mouth and our mind and our heart. According to the psalmist, this person has a pure heart, free of malice, and this purity is shown by his actions and his speech. He does not identify himself with what is sinful, destructive, but he's faithful to his brothers who worship God. He puts his honesty, his integrity, above his own material self-interest. His values are rooted in his faith in God and not in the service of his own interests. Such a man, according to Psalmist, will have a victorious life. It seems to me that the character of such a man can only come from being rooted and grounded in faith in the living God, of walking in obedience, walking in obedience, living every day in full awareness of and relationship with the Lord, living as a created being who is grateful to and dependent upon its creator. And we need to remember that our foundation as a Christian of our faith must be in those first five words in the Bible. In the beginning, God created. And Abraham, Abraham walked in that kind of faith. And he became one who heard, and one who obeyed. Not without mistakes. Not wholly pure in his motivations all the time, to be sure. Remember the time when he tried to pass Sarah, his wife, off as his sister in order to try and protect himself from the possible hostility of a king whose lands he wanted to cross. 
Still, he was on this journey in obedience, in obedience to what he had heard God say. And even though his trust in God wasn't total and complete, yet God's care for him, God's protection, was total and complete. In that Old Testament lesson for today, Abraham was pure of heart, trusting, hospitable, ready to receive God's messengers and to honor them, to hear God's message and believe in him. Abraham had faith. And even though he wasn't always perfectly righteous, that is, Paul tells us much later, God counted his faith as righteousness. And then Paul tells the Colossians in the New Testament reading that God desires those whom he has redeemed through his son's sacrifice to be pure, to be unblemished, innocent in his sight. And that is to be acceptable for eternal life in this kingdom where sin cannot dwell. And you know, this is what our life is all about. This is what we, you and I are here for. We're here to get ready, to get made right for his kingdom. I can remember years ago <clears throat> when I first became a priest that when someone came and asked me why their daughter of one year old was taken away from them. And it dawned on me that if you and I can understand eternity, eternity, forever and ever, <clears throat> if we can even have a feeling for eternity, it doesn't really matter whether we're here on this earth for one year, or in my case, over 90 years. It's but a snap of the finger in the concept of eternity. I'm not even, my concept of death is a joyful thing. Because if I live as fully as God intends for me to live, My life will have eternal meaning, as will yours. By continuing as Abraham did, is the way God's people get the way we're to be. Continuing as, God, as Abraham did in faith, Rooted and grounded in faith is the living God, walking in obedience, living every day as an awareness of and in celebration with the living Lord who created us. Receiving in a, receiving in a daily measure the kind of character that the psalmist described, the character of a 
heavenly life. A life that you and I will live forever someday in the presence of God. And Paul says in his letter to the Colossians this morning, he shares his own heart with them. Paul's earnest desire is to help the Colossians maintain the faith and achieve the kind of character that God wants them to have. Paul understands that God's kingdom requires not only personal faithfulness to God's call, but also a personal dedication to bringing others both to know him and to obey him. Christian maturity is for all of God's people is what Paul desires. Paul's understanding of his task as a person called by God carries with the responsibility for the life of others. For the instruction, the admonition, encouragement that fosters growth and maturation in others. Everything, everything we've heard this morning in the scripture has to do with becoming something out of a foundation that is solid and secure. A foundation of faith in God. A willingness to hear God for one's life, eagerness to obey Him each day that we live. And you know, I think that's what Jesus wanted Martha to see. It wasn't that we don't need the Martha kind of service and working to feed others and care for their physical needs and material well-being. It's just that if it, unless it's truly rooted and grounded in faith in God and trust in his will for us, then it'll make us into a harried and harassed people. People who are angry at others who don't share our particular definition of service. Critical of people who wait rather at God's feet for instruction before they go forth to serve. And I think that Jesus was saying that until Martha could rest in God's presence, seek his will, could sit still for his teaching, that what she was doing did not fit God's prescription for loving service. There's no other motivation for serving others except that of participating in God's love for them. Nothing of anger, frustration, irritation, or judgment. Nothing of whining, complaint, self-pity comes out of serving them, comes out of serving others for God's sake. The kind of character, the purity of motive, the integrity that makes us true servants is the righteousness which God works in us by his grace and through our faith. Whenever people designate themselves servants of others for God's sake, but then in their business of serving become hostile, angry, judgmental, they delude themselves. The service they give is not for the sake of God, 
But in some obscure way, is Martha serving some other motive other than love? Loving service comes out of loving hearts. And then it fits the description we all, I'm sure, remember from 1 Corinthians. That our service is patient, kind, unenvious, humble, considerate, polite, unselfish, long-suffering, generally generous, compassionate, dedicated to truth, altogether courageous, totally faithful, hopeful, steadfast. Does this sound something like the righteous man in the psalm that we read this morning? Like the generous, trusting, hospitable Abraham who entertained God's messengers at his appreciated camp at Mamre? Like the mature Christian Paul was calling the flock at Colossus to become? It does. And you know the reason that it does all these people? Because there is one person only. The person that God calls us to be. Every one of us. The Paul calls you and me to become a person who loves others and desires their best. Not for our sake, not for their sake even, but for the sake of God, for the sake of His will, and for the sake of the kingdom that you and I hope to become a part of. And how do we get to be that kind of people? I believe it's by taking time to sit at the feet of the living Lord in prayer, to sit at his feet to be instructed by him, and then by going forth to serve in obedience to his will in love and faith joyfully. God is still teaching me. He'll continue to teach you as long as you live. The thing that crossed my mind, some I'm embarrassed almost to confess this, that took this long. <clears throat> but a few months ago, he laid on my heart that every act that I was going to perform, everything I was going to say, every person I was going to come and wanted to come in contact with, everything I did, I was to ask myself, am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this for God? 
And you know, when I, I first started to ask everything that I did said, to ask myself, am I doing it for me? I was miserably surprised to find that most of the time I was doing it for me. And just changing what I did, what I did, what I said, what I thought, to become something that I was doing for him because I believed in him. And in this earth that I'm, in this time that he's given me to live on this earth, I'm to prepare myself to live in his kingdom. It's made one of the biggest changes. I thought it was pretty good before. But I think I'm better. And I know that it has, it has made, improved my relationships. My wife is astounded. It's improved our marriage. Decide what you do, whether what you do is for your, something that you want to do or something you want to do for God. Amen. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.